Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. You've got to do more than just come to church and raise your hands a little bit. You've got to live this thing out. It's got to be applied to your life. You've got to look into the mirror and see yourself for who you really are. Let me get so wrapped up and so distracted in this world. Don't let me get so busy with life that when I'm reading your word, I'm just reading it to say I've read it. I've got to do more than just read it. I've got to do more than just hear it. I've got to do more than just listen to it. I must live your word out. God, help me to be more than a hearer of your word. I want to be a doer of your word. James chapter 1 verse 12. A little bit of a lengthy reading. You've been standing a while. I'm going to ask you to stand just a couple minutes longer, if you would, while we read through our text today. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for he has been, for when he has been approved. I'm reading out of the New King James Version here, so it may differ slight, slightly from if you're reading the King James Version. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Everybody say, he's promised me. He's promised me. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There is such a thing as a righteous indignation, it's a godly anger that helps get us into a place where we can do the right thing in a tough moment. But many times when we're angry, it's not because we are righteously angered. (laughs) And the Bible tells us we have to be very cautious that our anger doesn't turn into wrath for wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Here's my key text this morning, verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive the word with meekness because it's able to save us. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. 
But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues. Everybody say continues. Not looks and walks away and forgets. Not hears and walks away and forgets. But he who gets into the word and walks in that word. It is not forgetful here, but a doer of the word. This one will be blessed in what he does. And I just would like to preach, speak, and to be a little bit more on the teaching side today. He did a little bit more preaching in the teaching session, so I'm going to do a little more teaching in the preaching session today. Uh, just a, a message that I'm entitled, Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. God bless you. You may be seated today. Thank you for standing so patiently for so long. Of course, my title today came from the very famous uh, Walt Disney movie, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And I don't think that there's probably anybody here uh, under the age of five that has not seen that movie. You know what movie I'm talking about, the old Walt Disney cartoon movie. And in this particular movie, uh, was a, a villain, and and then you had your heroes. And, of course, the villain was the wicked um, queen. And she had this mirror that was a magical mirror. Now, pardon me for just a few moments here. I, I, I realize I'm talking uh, a little bit about some things that we might think that are carnal things, but but I've got a point. I'm heading someplace with this, with this. And in this mirror, now it didn't, it wasn't a, a dollar twenty-five mirror from Dollar General like the one I'm holding here in my hand tonight. But she had this mirror that hang, hung on the wall, and she would go to this mirror because uh, the wicked queen had uh, an ego problem. You know, she had a, a personality conflict within herself, and she had to have this mirror. Uh, it wasn't just good enough for her that that she felt like she was the most beautiful woman in the in the kingdom or in the land but she had to have this ma this magical mirror tell her that she was she had to have somebody tell her that she was beautiful and so she would ask the mirror 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 on the wall who's the fairest of them all and the mirror of course would say oh it, it's you it's still you uh beautiful queen and if you've ever seen the uh the, uh, the old cartoon, the old Walt Disney cartoon, uh, you, you'd realize I, I've never once looked at her and thought she's gorgeous. I mean, I just thought she looked evil and wicked and kind of ugly from, from, from day one. But whatever, the mirror, everybody's got their own taste, you know. Everybody's beautiful to somebody. And so she was beautiful to this, this mirror and what he thought was beautiful, I guess. And so she would ask this mirror. Tell me, am I still the fairest? Until one day the mirror disagreed with what she thought. And it was at that point that she began to seek out the one that had replaced her. I was thinking about this. You know, these are cartoons that we set our children down to. We've gotten accustomed to them as being harmless. But when you really think about this, I mean, I'm looking at this whole thing, and I'm thinking, here's this wicked queen, and she's got this magical mirror of, of witchcraft going on, and, and she thinks she's so pretty, you know. Uh, she's looking at herself, and she's saying, I still need to know that nobody's more beautiful than I am. So she's a woman that, that's full of vanity, but what was on the inside of her was so ugly that it, it, it caused her heart to be turned so dark and so pitch black that she was willing to go out and murder a young girl in order to keep her beauty intact. Stay the most, and I'm thinking to myself, Walt Disney was some kind of messed up dude. 
Who came up with this story? Mirrors have been around for a long time. Mirrors have worked their way into movies and, and books and, and uh, just our everyday lives. Uh, and the mirrors have been around even since biblical time. And you can see where we read in our text today that the Bible says that a man who looks uh, does not find himself getting into the word of God and, and applying the word of God is like a man that is looking into a mirror. And when he walks away from that mirror, he forgets what it was that he looked like. I know some people that are like that. Obviously, that must be going on in their mind because they cannot stay out of the mirror. Constantly going to the mirror. Back to the mirror. Is it, my hair just right? Is everything just right? Mirrors are important. I, I, I get it. I, I know. We have, I went around counting in our house. We have 11 mirrors in our house. You can go in this church, and, and there's several mirrors. There's mirrors on the walls. There's mirrors in the bathrooms. There is actually a mirror on the back side of my office door. Uh, so I, before I come out of my office, I can, I can check, make sure my tie is straight and, and everything's put together and my hair is, is all right. We have 11 mirrors in our house, and some of our mirrors are decorative. They're small mirrors that hang on the wall. They really don't give you much uh, exposure to being able to see too much in them. And some of them are large mirrors where we have a full-length mirror in our bedroom so we can check out the entire ensemble, you know, step in front of us and say, uh-huh, yeah, looking good. <laughs> We've got all kinds of mirrors tucked away in cabinets. We've got large mirrors. And this, this is one I asked my wife if I could borrow this for a, a particular uh, observation this morning it's, it's a small magnifying mirror anybody ever seen one of these you do not want to look in this thing I promise you I took this thing and looked at it I was like oh my word it looks like I haven't shaved in three days I can see every little chin hair and then some I mean it shows it reveals every zit every blemish every wrinkle oh I see I have a brand new age spot there underneath my eye I mean, you can see everything with this mirror. One mirror gives you the overall view. The other shows every nose hair, every wrinkle, every zit, every, every et cetera. We use mirrors to make corrections in the way that we look if we feel like we need to. Thank the Lord that we have mirrors. I'd hate to think of what I would look like if we had no mirrors for me to, to make sure that everything was put together right. There are times uh, preparing for the day, and maybe I'm like this morning, throw my suit on. I've got my little routine, and I'll go into the bathroom and fix my hair for church, which consists, uh, it doesn't take me very long. I run a little water through my hair, splash it, dry it out with, with a, a towel just a little bit, put a little whatever this paste is that we use, and flip it through my hair a couple of times, and my hair all stands up like this. I look like it just come out of the 70s, and then I do my best to, to kind of knock it down and just kind of lay it, lay it forward until I feel like, you know, the, the little children at church won't run away scared from me uh, when I get here. You know, I try to make myself look presentable, and I'm looking in the mirror and say, that about does it. That's, that's as good as it's going to get. I mean, I don't ever have those days where I'm like, yeah, you're looking great, Doug. You're looking really good. I, I'm just like, okay, that's passable. Let's go. And so uh, I'll get myself ready, and, and my wife will occasionally come in. She'll say, uh, babe, you need to fix the back of your hair 
because I will have seen everything that I could see in one mirror, but I didn't take the other mirror and turn around and look, and I'll have this part back here that looks like I've been sleeping on, on a pillow all night long, and it's flipped up like a duck tail. Anybody else have, ever have that problem? No? Okay. You see, I need the mirror to show me what I can't see on my own. I need to be able to look in and see a reflection. Now, the reflection is not really who I am, but the reflection shows me who I am. The reflection shows where I have problems and shows where things are okay, shows where things are passable, but it also shows me where I need to improve some things or correct some things. There are times when I look in the mirror and I, I look in and I say, oh, I can't go out looking like this. I'm glad I looked in the mirror before I actually stepped out into public or I would have been very embarrassed. James 1.22 says, but prove yourself doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror for once he has looked at himself and gone away he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was but one who looks intently at the perfect law well what is the law the law is the word the law of liberty and abides that what's that word abide mean the word abide means lives there he who looks at himself perfectly in the law in the perfect law the law of liberty and lives by it not having become a forgetful hearer but an effectual doer this man shall be blessed in what he does and herein lies the secret to spiritual success or spiritual failure because there's two types of people that come to church there's people that come to church to hear the word and there's people that come to church to do the word to live the word there's people that come to church so that they can punch in on the time clock and say okay God I did my duty I served my time it's time to go get something to eat and I'm headed out to the lake or off to do whatever it is that I got to do but then there's those types of people that say God speak to me today show me how to live show me how to live right show me your perfect law God and if you'll show it to me I'll live by it because I have an understanding that if I'll live by your law if I'll be a doer of your word that there are blessings and benefits it does a person no good at all to sit on a church pew and hear the word if we never let it change us, if we never let it transform us, how many know people that can quote scriptures left and right? And they can sit down with the best of them. They can argue scriptures. I mean, they can, they're living like a heathen. But they know the word of God. 
And somehow in their warped way of thinking, they think that as long as I know the word of God, then I'm all right and I'm spiritual. But they're living against the word of God. This is what the Bible is talking about. They're looking at the word, but the moment they walk away from the word, they've already forgotten what it means for them to live by that word. It takes more than just hearing it. It takes more than just receiving it. We've got to live it out. We've got to abide in God's word. Hear me somebody today because your future may depend very well upon what I'm getting ready to say. You've got to do more than just come to church and raise your hands a little bit. You've got to live this thing out. It's got to be applied to your life. You've got to look into the mirror and see yourself for who you really are. It's a dangerous way to live. Somewhere along the line, If we don't check ourselves out in the mirror, we're going to get busted. Been years ago, I was in my early 30s. I was a youth pastor, and I'd taken a group of kids to youth convention. We were having fun. It's still kind of a tradition. Usually on Friday, we wind up heading out to the mall. We've got some five, six hours in between services. And the kids, they, they like to run out to the mall. And when you give them all that extra spending money, that's where they, they, it all goes bye-bye. And we tell them, I don't care how much you spend, but you better have enough to get you through tonight and tomorrow. And this is where, the, it's where it gets real sticky sometimes. On Saturday, on our way home, they're sitting off looking, you know, real glum and somber, you know, aren't you going to eat? No. How come? Aren't you hungry? Oh, yeah, I'm hungry. You know, busted. You spent all your money at the mall yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. I just had to have that stuffed animal that was $47.50, you know. Starving half to death, but they got, they, you got to have an extra seat in the van on the way home for that stuffed animal that they had to have. We're at the mall. It's in Decatur. And my wife and I were watching over all the kids. And, and so we went, went out and did a little shopping. All the kids, we had a little bit of a, a older youth group at the time. And they all just kind of split up and went their way. We were going to meet. And all, along the way, I had walked into a particular store uh, in the mall and, and found a suit. And I found it real, real reasonable. And I went ahead and picked this suit up. And I, I thought, I'm, I'm going to buy this suit. I went and tried it on. Looked in the mirror. Looked really good. And I went and I had to hurry up. I was running late. You know, the kids were already down there waiting on me. And, and I'd taken a little extra time, stood in line, and, and uh, uh, grabbed that suit. And they bagged it up for me. And I threw that thing. I threw my other clothes back on, bolted out of there, paid for it, and threw the, solo, uh, the suit over my shoulder. And I, I was walking down the mall, man. I was feeling good about my brand-new purchase. You know, a new set of clothes makes everybody feel good, right? You know, you're thinking, I'm looking good. I'm looking fly. And, and, and people were, were looking at me, and they were smiling. They were, how are you doing today? And grinning at me. I'm, I'm like, man, this is, I, I've got the posture of confidence going on right here. You know, I've got a brand new suit. I've spent a little money on myself feeling really good. And, like, people are so friendly in here in Decatur. And I saw other youth groups, and they were, they were waving at me, how are you? And some of them knew me. And, hey, Brother Rice, how are you doing? And they all smiling. I'm like, everybody's so friendly today. We're all at the mall. I'm just having a good time. And, and, 
and feeling good about, about myself and about my purchase. And, and I rounded the corner and walked down to where all the youth group were at. And they were all standing around chit-chatting. They were all waiting on me because I was running a little bit late and, and uh, <clears throat> getting there. And all of a sudden, the pastor's daughter, she turned around, and, and she stopped, and she was looking at me, and she got a big grin on her face. And, and I said, uh, wow, they're happy to see me, even though I'm late, you know, I guess they're ready to go. And, and I come walking up, she bust out laughing, and, I, and I'm like, okay, now something's feeling a little funny here, you know. And I walked up close, she, she runs up to me, and she goes, Brother Rice. And I said, what? And she said, your pants are unzipped. <laughs> All of a sudden, my brain dissolved, and I grew a new brain, and it was half the size. I went from, from a, a, a posture of confidence to, uh, you know, and why is it that we always do this number? We turn away from the one person that just told us about it, face the thousand people that are out there that have been watching us to adjust the zipper. I mean, I don't know why we do that, but, but that's just, that's what we do. And so here I am out there, and I'm thinking, you know what? What happened was I got in such a big hurry on that day. I got in such a, a I, was, I was keyed up, and, and I was proud of myself, and I knew that I looked good in that new set of clothes. I didn't really care about what my old clothes looked like. I got in such a rush that I forgot to check myself out in the mirror to make sure that I, I was put together. You're trying to be nice, aren't you? <laughs> she knows that's not the only time that's happened. It wasn't that there were no mirrors in the changing room. Have you ever been into a changing room with no mirrors? Almost every changing room has some mirrors, and then you can step outside, and they'll have those trifold mirrors where you can stand and look at yourself in 3D view if you want to. You can check which, how you look from every different direction. It doesn't matter. So, so it wasn't the fact that the room didn't have any mirrors. It was a problem that I had been so distracted with hurrying up that I had failed to check something very vital. Now, that may seem like a, just a funny story to some of you all, but it proves something to me. When I read this scripture, I said, oh, God, don't let me get so wrapped up and so distracted in this world. Don't let me get so busy with life that when I'm reading your word, I'm just reading it to say I've read it. I've got to do more than just read it. I've got to do more than just hear it. I've got to do more than just listen to it. I must live your word out. God, help me to be more than a hearer of your word. I want to be a doer of your word. Would our music come today? We don't always take the time to look at our reflection, especially when we're looking into the Word of God. Two things that I've thought of, you know, everybody likes straight preaching as long as you're preaching straight to someone else. And the other thing is that 
It's easy for me to hate my sin when I see it in you. It's easy for me to disregard it when I'm living it. But when I see it in somebody else, all of a sudden, it becomes irritating. Are there any reasons why you might not want to look in the mirror? Back when I was younger, it mattered so much to me that when I went to school or I went out with friends or that I had this certain image. Now I had to have everything just right. My peers were going to be there. I, the older that I have gotten, I can remember probably 15 years ago, my mid-30s, I looked in the mirror one day and it dawned on me that I was middle-aged. <laughs> it's like, wow, where'd that come from? And ever since then, ever since I realized that I don't care as much about the way I look anymore as what I used to, mirrors aren't nearly as important to me I don't really like a mirror that much not the way I used to now if I looked like some movie star I might still like a mirror a whole lot more but you know I'm just the average guy living the average life looking pretty average and I look in the mirror and it, it shows me my flaws and it shows me my problems and it shows me my age Sometimes we don't like to look in the mirror because it shows us where our problems are at. We think if I can just put this word aside, if I can just endure another sermon, if I can just come and give the preacher 30 minutes of my time and get through another Bible lesson, then I'll get out of there and I'll just go back to doing whatever I I want to do whatever I feel like doing. And the Bible says, you forget. You forget the reasons why it's important to look into the mirror. It's not by happenstance that this scripture that James, the brother of Jesus, wrote this and it made its way into the most important book in the world. Because God is trying to get us to see that we are flawed and that we are lost and that we are troubled and that we are broken. He's trying to get us to see who we really are instead of us just looking in the mirror and pretending that we're something that we're not so that He can help us Fix what is broken. Would you stand with me today? Sometimes we don't like the Word of God 
speaking to our hearts either through message or through reading it because it reveals things to us that hit a little too close to home things that we've become comfortable with mirror mirror on the wall tell me that I'm still okay the devil will lie to you and say you're fine you're fine but there's coming a day when it's going to reveal the truth to you and say there's someone more beautiful than you the word of God is here to help you understand that you may not be beautiful and that you may be broken and that you may have flaws and you may have fissures and cracks and there might be all kinds of things in your life but there is one that is more beautiful than you and that one wants to share his beauty with you not steal anything from you God is trying to get you to look into the word and let his reflection shine upon you so that you can begin to see yourself as he sees you not as you see yourself thank you for listening to the landmark apostolic church podcast you can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the landmark family If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.